Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Short Tales, a series of short stories written and read by me, Damien Robb. We'll get to this episode's story shortly, but first, I want you to think about the last time you went to an indoor pool. Picture the heat and humidity and chlorine sitting in the air. The sounds of splashing and screaming. The warm water flowing against your body as you move through it. Now look up and notice that a small girl is watching you. She smiles at you with black teeth and waves a hand with dripping skin. As you raise your hand to return the gesture, the pieces finally settle into place and you realise that she is dead. Okay, you ready? Good. This episode's story is entitled Chlorine Spirits. The air was heavy and damp and full of chlorine the day Tula died. The tiles were wet and warm beneath her feet. Her goggles pressed tight against her dark, wide eyes. She breathed in the rich, chemical smell as she stared into the shifting blue water, excited and ready. Their depths dared her to dive in, and at nine years old she felt giddy with the anticipation of accepting that dare. Sounds of splashing grew and echoed against the tiled walls around her, as inside her chest her heart beat faster and faster. Too fast. Irregular. And then it stopped. Just for a second. Just long enough for blackness to cloud her vision and for her to topple forward into the warm blue water long enough to take a single, deep, unconscious breath. Later, after the screaming had stopped and her body had been taken away, and the pool had closed and the Inquisition had been completed and the pool had reopened, Tula would think about that single breath, and about all the thousands of millions of breaths she had taken before it without issue, and about how it had just taken one wrong breath in one wrong place to end it all. She would have a lot of time to think, in that warm, wet space. Josie's mind was in the nowhere place, lost in the repetitive motion of the strokes, the constant forward momentum, the quiet and rage of the water. It was why she came, why she woke at five in the morning and drove sleepy-eyed to the humid box that was the Featherton Leisure Centre. Why she painfully worked herself into her swimsuit and swimming cap. Why she dove into the water's surface while her now 40-year-old body told her it would rather be in bed. All so she could find the peace of the nowhere place. Her fingers found the wall and she spun without thought, her feet kicking off to propel her forwards. 
That was when she saw her. The girl both pale and dark, brown-skinned but bloodless, skimming along at the bottom of the pool beneath her, mirroring her every movement. Josie gasped, then choked, then spluttered, the peace of the nowhere place lost to an immediate chaos. She scanned the pool floor and saw nothing but water. Then there was a smell, somewhere behind the pungency of the chlorine. Something warm and sweet and floral. Like mustics. Trent hadn't been working the day Tool had died, but he had heard about it, read about it, talked about it, and watched it on the news. When he saw her months later, it hadn't come as a surprise. If anything, he felt he'd been waiting for her. He'd always known there was more to life than just life. His uncle Ernesto had told him as much, but even if he hadn't, Trent was confident he would have figured it out for himself. Existence was stubborn. It would take any form it could get. She sat on the edge of the diving board, watching him, legs swinging beneath her. She looked older than the photos he'd seen on the news. Or maybe not older, but more worn. Her skin was wet and papery, as if it might drop away with a single splash of water. Her eyes were streaked with lines of red, bloodshot beyond bloodshot, as if she'd spent far too long underwater. He supposed she had. He raised a hand in a wave, which she returned with a black-mouthed smile. She stood, brought her goggles down over her eyes and dove into the water, disappearing from view. Trent would spend weeks wondering what it all meant. Why she'd chosen him. What was it she was trying to communicate? Did she need his help to pass on? He would fail to miss the point entirely that she just wanted someone to watch her dive. The steam was so thick it obscured his view of the wood-panelled walls. Marshall breathed it in, relishing the sweat pooling over his body. He liked to picture himself as one of those elephant seals he'd seen on a David Attenborough. Large, powerful, thick-skinned. The dominant male. This was his home, his castle, his territory, his domain. That it was a leisure centre didn't bother him one bit nor that he lived there illegally. The gym was open 24 hours, wasn't it? So he spent 24 hours there, as his membership allowed. He'd even made a nest for himself in a forgotten storage area in the basement. Of course, he'd been kicked out of his nest when that girl had died. Tula. A shame. He'd liked that one. She had been one he watched. The door to the sauna opened. Steam rushed to meet it. A girl, around eight, hair tied back in a wet braid, poked her face in, gasping then giggling at the heat. The giggle broke when she saw him. He gave a wide smile as sweat fell from his blocky face. Arms, shoulders and a head belonging to the girl's mother entered. Eden, leave the men alone, she scolded. She raised her head to Marshall, already apologising for her daughter's action when she saw him in full. Her face hardened as the cheery, kids, what are you going to do look, fell from it. I think you're supposed to wear a towel in here, she told him. He gave another wide smile and lazily draped a towel across his middle to hide his nakedness. My mistake, he rumbled. They left, and Marshall laid his head back, removing the towel as he closed his eyes, failing to notice the small, wet footprints moving across the ground beside him. A shame about little Tula. But there are always others. 
Eden. He liked that name. The next time Marshall saw Eden, he wasn't in the sauna. He was in the spa, languishing in the jets and bubbles and steam. Others had been in the small, hot, round pool when he entered, but they had quickly left, as was only right. He was the dominant male, and this was his domain. Eden was by the pool, learning how to duck dive into the water with the rest of her class. Her skills were fine, nothing extraordinary. She didn't seem to take to water like the proverbial duck she was emulating. It was exactly a week since the last time Marshall had seen Eden in the sauna. Wednesday. He liked Wednesdays. A day of crescendos, of cresting the top of the hill of the work week only to fall back down the other side. Not that elephant seals worried about work weeks. They were beyond that, creatures of leisure and appetite. He watched as Eden finished her class and left to go to the showers, her mother staying behind to speak with the rest of the parents. He knew those showers, knew the hallway that led to them. It was practically his foyer, the stairs to his nest, one of its many branching arms. Eden returned from the shower, met with her mother, and together they left. Marshall smiled to himself. Wednesday, he whispered to the retreating figure. A day of crescendos. I'll see you then. Unseen beside him, eyes bloodshot beyond bloodshot, squinted in anger. The next time Trent saw Tula was even more confusing than the first. The sky outside was black. The only blue that remained was that of the water and its reflection in the leisure centre's glass walls. Trent was alone and packing up. He collected all the pool noodles and kickboards, then bent down to flick the switch to retract the lane lines. When he stood, she was hovering over the water's surface, dripping. Her red eyes burned into him with a desperation he didn't understand. His mouth felt dry as hers opened. Water poured out, clear and clean and smelling of chlorine. Her lips moved around it, black tongue flying as she tried to produce words. It was clear she was trying to communicate something, but all he could hear was the sound of the water as it fell from her in a rush to splash against the surface of the pool below. What's wrong? he cried out. Do you need to move on? In response, she rolled her eyes. Not in a possessed by the devil and eating an exorcist kind of way, but in the way of any other smart-ass kid frustrated with a dim-witted adult. She even went so far as to stamp her foot in the empty air and cross her arms. I'm sorry, I don't know what you're saying, Trent said. He was unused to dealing with a high-tempered child, dead or otherwise, and felt at a complete loss. Tula must have felt similar, because she gave one last wet scream of frustration, then dropped into the pool and disappeared. The nowhere place had continued to elude Josie for weeks now. Instead of being lost in a churning, deafening focus, every swim found her scanning the pool floor for a girl who shouldn't be there, couldn't be there, and yet had been. Her rhythm was off, her mind even more so, and when she smelt must sticks permeate through the heavy chlorine, she gave up altogether. She pulled herself up the pool ladder and painfully peeled the swim cap from her head. There it was again. Must sticks. She turned toward the scent, sniffing, but the girl was nowhere to be seen. Impulse bit, and Josie decided to trace the scent, face the girl, find a solution, and in so doing, a way back to the nowhere place. She circled the pool, 
the scent coming and going, fickle and flighty. She saw one of the staff near the entrance wheeling a man in a wheelchair. The smell led right to them, swarmed them, then led away. Josie tried to smell her way by them without drawing their attention, but the wheelchair man spotted her and in a loud, angry, accented voice said, "'What are you doing?' She babbled like a brook for a moment, failing to find words, her mind in whatever the opposite of the nowhere place was. The everywhere place? Finally, she took a deep breath and told them she thought she had smelled something. Something strange and sweet. "'Mustics?' the wheelchair man snapped. Trent stepped in at that point, introducing his uncle Ernesto to Josie, asking if perhaps she'd seen a waterlogged girl, explaining that he had two, hence Uncle Ernesto, who was a medium, who revealed that ghosts gave off a scent very similar to mustics. Josie told her part of the story, finding herself relieved at having allies of the impossible. Keep smelling, Uncle Ernesto demanded, waving a hand to indicate Josie should lead the way, as they would now, together, hunt down their very dead friend. The three of them eventually found her in the gym, sitting in the metal rafters. She had smiled at them, then spoke, a small waterfall leaking from her mouth as she did so. To Josie, it had sounded like water bubbling from a fountain, but Uncle Ernesto had understood her perfectly. She has a warning, he told them, and then, with a vicious smile, and a plan. The air was heavy and damp and full of chlorine the day Tula killed. The bad man, the one who lived downstairs, was back in the spa again, taking up all the space, just as Tula had hoped he would be. He smiled as he looked in her direction. He wasn't watching her, she was unseen. Instead, he was looking through her to the other girl, Eden, who swam behind her. If Marshall had been able to see Tula, he would have seen red eyes staring murder at him. Eyes that hung just above the water's surface, her head half in and half out, like a crocodile. And, like a crocodile, she waited. She didn't have to wait long. The worker, who had watched her dive and who couldn't understand her, and whose uncle was the nice man in the wheelchair, approached the bad man and spoke to him, smiling and apologetic. He was telling him that the spa needed to be cleaned and would be closed for a while. The bad man grumbled and groaned, pulling himself from the shallow pool, His skin flushed a bright pink from its heat. Then came the swimmer who could smell her, who Tula had done an underwater ballet with up until the lady had lost the rhythm. She exited the pool, swim cap on, and walked a dripping trail of water toward the bad man. Behind him, the worker put out a bright yellow triangle sign that read, Warning, slippery when wet. The bad man, still grumbling, still pink, eyes still pinned to Eden, walked unnoticing into the puddle of water. He did what she'd hoped he'd do. He slipped. His legs went out from underneath him and up into the air as his backside came down hard on the tiled edge of the pool. Then he toppled sideways into the water, into her domain. She moved like a marlin, shooting towards him, causing a ripple to grow in her wake. As the bad man sank, she made herself visible. Tula watched in delight as his face pulled back in fear, taking in her dripping skin and bloodshot eyes and blackened teeth. Her hair spread out around her head like very fine tentacles. His mouth was an open O of shock, which only made it easier for her to force her arm down it. An arm that, in this place, was more water than anything else. A single breath. That was all it took, she knew. Just one wrong breath in one wrong place to end it all.
Later, after the screaming had stopped and the body had been taken away, and the pool had closed and the Inquisition had been completed and the pool had reopened, Tula would think about his spirit and about how weak it was. Certainly not as stubborn as hers. He was nothing in life, and it turned out he'd been nothing in death. He had disappeared almost immediately. But she didn't. She could if she wanted to, she thought. But for the moment, Tula liked it here. She swam with Josie, got Trent to watch her dive, had conversations with Uncle Ernesto. Best of all, she'd made a new friend. Every Wednesday, she and Eden would splash and play and swim together. She would have a lot of time to play in that warm, wet space. Thanks for listening to this month's short tale. I hope you enjoyed it. Now, to finish this episode off, I've recorded some afterthoughts, which detail where the idea for this story came from and any challenges I faced while writing it. If that feels too self-indulgent for your taste, fair enough. But if that sounds like your kind of thing, then listen on. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Earlier in the year, I released another story on Short Tales called Mustics. I really loved writing Mustics. It was one of those few times where I felt like I had really hit onto something. Like I had found and delivered something special. Part of it was the structure of the thing, and part of it was the underlying mythology at play. And so, pretty quickly after finishing it, I started writing another story that would share those same features. This one. Chlorine Spirits is a sort of sequel to Mustix. Or if not a sequel, then at least a sibling, as they share the same DNA. For the structure of Mustix, I wrote small snippets of story, all from the same character's point of view, all at different points in time, and delivered in a non-linear fashion. That structure freed me from a problem I sometimes have of wanting to write in all the blanks, do not leave a single minute in my character's life unaccounted for. It also just, to me, made the story inherently more interesting. So, when I started writing Chlorine Spirits, that's what I was planning on doing. I discovery wrote the first paragraph, starting with a setting, the Leisure Centre, based off of one I went to as a kid, 
and quickly discovered that I was going to kill my initial point of view character. That was fine. Mustix was a ghost story, and so this would be a ghost story too. But here was where my structure changed. I still wanted those little snippets of story, but now that I had this little girl haunting a swimming pool, a public place opposed to all the haunted house stories set in abandoned buildings, I thought it'd be fun to show different people bumping into her. And so now the little snippets were each going to be from a different character's point of view. Except I had a problem. I didn't really know what the story was. I wrote Josie's paragraph and then Trent's and liked them both, but didn't know where it was going. And so I put the story down and didn't pick it up again for about eight months. Way too long. That was definitely never the intention. And I always had at the back of my mind that I need to finish Chlorine Spirits. Part of it was waiting for inspiration, I guess. But as C. Robert Cargill says, writing isn't mythical, it's mechanical. And so it wasn't until I just got my fingers on the keyboard and told myself to write that I found the rest of the story. Again, it made a kind of sense. Tula was a ghost in a public place, which meant she would see and be aware of things other people wouldn't, like a predator hiding in plain sight. With Marshall's initial paragraph written, I finally had a story but I still had a structure problem. Initially, I planned to write all different characters for every snippet, never repeating a single one, except for maybe Tula. But I realised that would only make everything more complicated than it needed to be, and so in the end decided to reuse all the characters I had already set up, working back through them from the centre. So it would go Tula, Josie, Trent, Marshall, and then Marshall, Trent, Josie, Tula. With that decision made, I could finally finish the story. I'm really happy with where it landed and think it is both dark and fun, and I'm excited to write more in this vein in the future. More mustic ghost stories, featuring people who die and don't want to move on. Ghosts that take on part of the environment in which they died, as well as the people who can see or smell them. My plan for next year, i.e. 2024, is to try my hand at writing novels. I'm going all in on it, in fact. I already have a few stories in mind to write first, but feel that somewhere in the future there'll be a book about someone who dies and another someone who finds them by first coming across a smell, one warm and sweet and floral, like mustics. All right, those are all my thoughts. But if you have any that you'd like to share, please do. You can write to me at shorttales.podcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Twitter at middaypajamas. Until next time, this has been Short Tales, and I've been Damien Robb. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.